0: Week. uh had a fourth do you have your good Fourth of July Jake I assume you had some sort of good Fourth of July stuff yeah
1: on. definitely a different one than usual for me um I was out uh, in the national parks I've never done a national park trip before, oh that's but, fun um yes yeah, it was very good and I'll use this as my excuse to plug Amtrak uh for those that don't know I uh had a ridiculous uh journey to the west and back uh simply because I did not want to pay what uh, was demanded for a flight to the, you know, <laughs> rural Pacific Northwest Rocky Mountain Not area. Uh, and it involved me and uh, and uh, my partner, she and I took the Amtrak uh, from where we were at to Seattle um, and uh, did that overnight. That was great. Um, honestly, I was shocked. And this is somebody who really likes trains. I mean, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that we talk a lot about things that move and infrastructure. I like both of those things. Had never done it before. We're gonna, um, hit, the, we're gonna hit the we're gonna hit the
0: Jake triumvirate. We're yeah. gonna hit the Jake in This episode of trains, history, and Georgia Tech all in the same episode here.
1: <laughs> I'll find a way to wedge Chicago in at the very end. He's
0: wearing a he's wearing a a Chicago what uh, Chicago Red and Stars, it, stars it, shirt. So it, you know,
1: uh, no, it's actually a Cubs City Connect T-shirt. That's um, the Wrigley with,
0: here, Wrigleyville T-shirt.
1: Yeah, it's the no, so okay. the the navy one was the actual jersey right? Yeah, uh, but that's this what is the Chicago. Off, was, yeah, the well, sky it's a, blue. It's the like... Chicago flag color and the red okay, star too. is yeah. the the city. See, this is what happens when your city has a flag that is easily identifiable is the sports teams can use it in order to brand. Right. Um You're Right. <laughs> Atlanta. <clears throat> Atlanta. Where's our um,
0: flag? Anyways.
1: Um it, it has one in his apartment, honestly, but uh I think
0: Patriotic I think, man uh,
1: uh, but anyways um yeah no great great fourth hope yours was good as well and to all of our listeners uh, i think they can excuse us being off for the holiday week uh, yeah. but we do have plenty to talk about today
0: we do not doing this for a week resulted in more things although i would say most of the things we're talking about happened after the fourth anyway so i think we're all right um a number yeah. of these things happened today um this is signs of the southland 174 no actually today busy with working stuff so he's a he's a busy man um we're gonna start with, I think, our first ever London-based segment that we've ever done, uh, at least that I've ever done on, in the year I've been here. I don't know if you will have brought up anything London-related. Uh, don't think we have. Maybe me. we
1: talked about Yankees Red Sox back in twenty nineteen. It's a hell of a game. I, but, we've really had no excuse to talk about the Brits. I'm I'm sorry to any any Brits out there. Yeah, who, who hell do of a game.
0: know yeah, that, that Yankees Red Sox game was insane. Uh, but Chris Eubanks, uh, class of. What 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 year was he class of was he seventeen sixteen? Um,
1: I believe he's eighteen. He maybe class of twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, fall twenty seventeen. I believe was the last he played for men's ten- tennis. Okay. I just don't know if he graduated December or if it was the next spring. Something in there. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. That
0: makes sense. Uh, yeah, Chris Eubanks, who has been on the AP, ATP tour, he's been kind of running the challenger circuit. Uh, hasn't he never made a Wimbledon field until this year after he won in Mallorca. Uh, which is a, one of the tune-up tournaments for um, one of the tune-up tournaments for Wimbledon. Uh, he is through to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. He beat Tiago Montero and the first round Cameron Norrie in the second round. Which that was a big match because Norrie was the twelfth seed and it was a Brit. So that's always just a tough time to play. He was a Brit. the number one Brit too. At, that's at why I'm playing.
1: On the big court,
0: yeah, he's played center court for that. Um, and then he and then he had a an arguably easier match against Chris O'Connell, but that's that match still went, that they went to tiebreaks in every set, uh, because <laughs> Eubanks brutal. just Eubanks just that kind of guy. And then had to face one of the current titans of tennis, in Stefano Tsitsipas pass today, uh, who was the number five seed in the tournament and fifth ranked in the world, uh, and just a, a guy that. It, there was no clear expectation Chris was going to win this. He was on an eight-match eight winning streak going into the match, so he at least had a lot of good momentum on his side, but Pass is one of those bulwarks of men's tennis right now that is very hard to get around. And sure enough, this man, after losing the first set, 3-6, came around, won a tie break, then lost another set, 3-6, and then got a break late in the fourth set against to uh, to win that set, did, didn't lose it. And then there was three breaks total in the fifth set, uh, Eubanks initially broke him, and then C C broke right back, and then Eubanks broke right back again, to flip it back on him, and then held serve the last two, his last two service games, and beat him six four, which was absolutely insane. C did not have his best day, um, and I think at, at the end also Eubanks was a, uh, sh- got a little dicey at the end there. He had to face, he had to save two more break points, uh, when he was up five four, to avoid possibly another tie break. Uh, and he got it done. Our man is into the round of six, in, into the quarterfinals. Um, he's got an even harder match next cuz this is how uh major tennis works he's going to face Daniil Medvedev, the russian who is insanely good has uh, probably a better mover than cc pass is um so chris chris's serve was what's helping him and he's like described it like he's a server that he that's how he knows that's his bread and butter so he's going to be, need to be on point for this and he's now at a nine nine match win streak uh and so that's what that that that's, this is the most popular man of man of georgia tech Right now, and probably will be for the next week.
1: Well, and, and I gotta say, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, a, a little bit later down the podcast. But between Chris Banks, uh, who has had just a, a phenomenal week, um, and, and Georgia Tech golf, um, I think this is kind of the best. At least me personally, I've been feeling about at, about tech sports in in just a minute. So that's that's been good, even with some I guess kind of disappointing baseball and softball results in in the spring. It's still good to see. Uh, the golf boys uh, and and Chris Eubanks really in the national spotlight in a way. I don't think we've seen recently. No, I do want not. to note that, um, that that Chris is on a bit uh, of a trending up in, in general. Um, he had never made Roland Garros before this year. Uh, this is his first main draw at Wimbledon. And if you go back to uh, 2022 in the fall, he made the second round of the U S open, which is the first time he made it past the first, uh, in his, it was his fourth U.S. Open appearance, um, and he had also appeared in the Australian Open in 2019 and 2020. But anyways, um, since appearing in the U.S. Open 2022, uh, he has made the Australian Roland Garros and now Wimbledon, which means four majors in a row. And in three of the four, he's also made it past the first round. So that's that's going in his favor too.
0: Yeah, big big up big upside here. I think he's what 26, 27 years old right now, which. For tennis is not old because all of the best players, as in the three best guys, Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, won most of their majors after they were this age, mm-hmm. anyways. So, um, hopefully, that I mean, at the very least, this gets him into probably the U.S. Open, anyways, because uh, his ranking's gonna shoot up after this, regardless of if he loses to Medvedev in the next round. Um, mm-hmm. So he's in a very nice spot here. Um, if you don't know how the point system works in tennis, basically. Um, the number of points you generate it, it's on a it's a rolling gear basically so it's not like the pga tour where it's just it resets at the end of the year it's just however many points you have accumulated over the last since the last time that tournament was played uh, so he will hold this so however many points he gets from the from wimbledon which is a lot because it's a major he will hold that number of points until the next wimbledon as long with, along with everything else he's accumulated so this is if, if there is a way to boost up your ranking and hold it for a while, it's to do well in a major. And so this is huge for his career.
1: I will say um, he does, according to the IBM AI draw analysis on the Wimbledon website, have the first most difficult draw compared to other players left. in the oh, field. Sir, But it know, kind yeah. of makes sense. He's unseated. So you yeah. Know. <laughs> you know, being
0: unseated doesn't help. He's got Medvedev there, which is arguably, I mean, outside of, yeah, he's got to face Medvedev. He's got to, he's got to play two of, if not all of Medvedev, Alcaraz and Djokovic. So that, you know, that's for today's tennis with who is <laughs> currently available, is uh, that's not a fun gauntlet, but it's I mean, he has played Medvedev one time. Um, so we'll see. Uh, moving on from that, uh, softball did have a new recruit they announced recently, uh, Brianna Condon from South Carolina. She's an incoming sophomore. Uh, we're out of COVID weird regulation stuff, so she is a sophomore with an actual three years of eligibility left. Um, as of now, at least, this was her free transfer. Uh, she's a Woodstock, Georgia native. Um, only played a few games, but uh, with uh, just the various things, every, a lot of people departing from the softball team. What six people graduate or something like that? Um, something so, like that, yeah, yeah. So good to get another, another, another arm there. Um, our sighting class, we have I don't think we recap this. Uh, they were ranked thirtieth by extra inning softball uh, last fall when I was done when they finished recruiting for them. That included a pitcher. Um, by 30th, you know, seems great in the national sense, but there's a lot of ACC teams probably ahead of us there. I haven't done the checking, but considering how good the ACC is 30th, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like 30 out of like 45, like probably good teams that could be fighting for good spots in the tournament. So, uh, that is all I have there on the other side of, or on the other side of, what is it? Fowler, uh, at Rush Chandler, today was day two of the MLB draft. There was no jackets picked in day one. Uh, which was just round one. I only did one one round today. Uh, today's been more. Uh, three Jackets were picked today. Christian Campbell got picked in the second round by the Boston Red Sox. Jake DeLeo got drafted by the Miami Marlins in the sixth round. And then Jackson Finley, the two-way guy, got drafted by the Athletics in the eighth round. Um, I, have, I forgot to read for myself. Who knows if Jackson Finley will be playing in Oakland by, if he makes it to the big leagues by the time he would make it to the big leagues? Because they may be in Vegas, they may be in Oakland, who the heck knows? Um... He'll probably get more fans when he ma- if he makes it to AAA than he does the, in the majors if they're still in Oakland though, which is kind of sad still. Uh, but so those guys got taken. Uh, we'll I assume they'll sign. Um, I think Finley slots for like thirty three hundred thirty thousand dollars. So I, I no reason to think why they wouldn't want to sign. All of last year's group signed, so the precedent's there. Um, so we'll see. See how that goes. See if they come back. See if they don't probably will not come back. That was my expectation there. If they're drafted day two. Um, anything there? Anything there to add or we are good there?
1: not too much I believe uh it is also worth noting that uh oh my gosh I want to get the position right uh, um Pete uh from the signing class went uh to Seattle as well
0: gotcha yep and then lastly before we get to our big topic of the day which is a lot of football stuff we haven't done a football episode in way too long uh Julia Bergman's got a professional team now um our volleyball superstar who's been doing Nations League play with Brazil is now signed for Turk Ava Yolari SK, Uh, I, I apologize for broken Turkish turned into English, uh, but basically she's going to be playing in Istanbul uh, for her professional career st- starting out this fall, so she's got her club, she's in a, Turkey is a very, is a volleyball hotbed, if you listen to her, one of our episodes a while back, um, we do have a very good Turkish player coming in this year as an incoming freshman as well, Um, and they all, all those various soccer pro club teams have volleyball usually if they have soccer as well, so. She's gonna be. I hopefully this will be a good a good situation. Um, I may go ask the team and see if get get more, get more educated about what this actually means. If she's on a good team or if she's not, I don't know. But either way, she's dead. If mean, she mentioned in our interview, in my interview with her uh, earlier this year, that she kind of had to leave because she had pro opportunities that she did she just couldn't pass up on. So I'm assuming, guardedly assuming that this is probably one of those opportunities that was presented to her in some form or fashion a while back. Uh, and now is able to uh, make it official. So, with that, uh, we're going to welcome Joey Weaver on, who was a former—he was the former site manager of this of this whole shebang, right?
1: Yeah, Joey, uh, oh Joey, and Ben, and and Cade Lawson—they they ran the show. Former former podcast co-host Cade Lawson. Don't want don't to. Oh yes, that yes, out,
0: yes. yes. So we're going to talk about football in about five seconds. All right, we got Joey Weaver with us. Um, let's dive straight into uh, the the big news of the week. Uh, was not it was football related? It was field related. It was not player related, though. Um, the it, uh, Chad Bishop and Ken Segura at the A.J.C. announced or not announced they broke that uh, the naming rights for Historic Grant Field are possibly uh, up for sale, uh, and Hyundai seems to be the interested buyer here. Uh, Bobby, they did clarify that Bobby Dot Stadium. That portion of the name is to be kept, Um, and most of us refer to it as Bobby Dodd Stadium, but we know the whole name is Bobby Dodd Stadium at Historic Grant Field. Um, There's some uh, history behind Grant Field, which we mentioned on our little write-up, and we'll probably run into it here for a second as well. Um, But we just want to mention, well, hey, let's get our feelings here, because Grant Field is a, a, I mean, that has been around longer than any of us, and any of our grandparents probably have been alive at this point, too. So talk about the things that make tech old. Grant Field is one of those things that makes tech old and very traditional in the college football sense. Um, and to have a car maker come in and at least it's a car maker because we at least have a car as a mascot, so it's better than other alternatives, I guess. But like, uh, do we have internal feelings about this at all?
1: Before before we get into the feelings, I do want to note that Ford Field did not let the wreck drive out in front of the team uh, at the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, so do with that math, information. Man. Do that. Do with that information as you will. No one has sworn me to secrecy on that. So um, Hyundai, you know, we're still driving a Ford out. That's that's a non-negotiable. Like that, had, that is that extremely be, non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: I was gonna say I, I look forward to the uh, the team entrance led by the 1930 Ford Model A Sport Coupe, brought to you by Hyundai.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: Something like it
2: that. It really rolls yes. off the tongue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think they could swap the historic for a Hyundai um, and and keep the grand prix. Full disclosure, I'm not related to John Grant, uh, who been, who's the benefactor of the field. He named it in honor of his son Hugh Grant, uh, who had who died at the age of 11. Uh, so this seems really uh, dirty in that regard. Um, it you know just kind of oh it's been 110 years. Uh, we can you know sorry guy who donated this land uh, and helped us build this and uh, who was a trustee uh, on the board of trustees as well uh, to just kind of be like getting rid of it all together. But I mean, we've had a Mackney, uh Russ Chandler stadium at Mackney's baseball park type situation on this building for 35 years. So, I mean, clunkiness is not a thing. People who grew up calling it Grant field are going to continue to call it Grant field. People who grew up calling it Bobby Dodd stadium are going to continue to call it Bobby Dodd stadium. It's more of a symbolic thing than anything. I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a way it could have been maybe compromised uh, a little because I mean, it's a name that's been on the stadium for we don't know years. we don't
0: know for sure if it's going to be yeah. at hyundai oh, field sure. or at his or at hyundai historic grant field or historic grant field presented by hyundai like there's we, the actual name we don't know what it'll be we just know the grant part of it is up in the air at the moment um but you make a good I mean, point it, like you never know like could we get bobby Dodd stadium at hyundai rust or i mean a rush stadium at but have yeah, completely. I'm completely there's so many names that. i don't know surely hyundai Muleborn field I, what, what are we gonna get
2: put it this way though yeah. if, if hyundai's putting their name on the field i would be surprised it's not literally on the field yeah uh, yes. so that'll be a new thing to be looking at you know when you're watching a game this fall right
1: well, i don't it's it's money i mean we need money right yeah
0: yeah, there's no way this uh, isn't a multi-million dollar deal in some form or fashion, because this is, talk about one of the most expensive field naming rights in college football when you bake the tradition into it and the, how long the name's been there. Like, it has to be uh, noted. In the in the heart of
1: Midtown Atlanta, how much fantastic B-roll are they going to get out of right. saying, like... They're
0: probably going to have some exterior B-roll. signage on the main intersection of Techwood and North Ave. Um, I don't know if they're going to change the... Uh, because the, the Co- Coca Cola has the main signage in the stadium above the scoreboards. I don't know if that's up for grabs or how that's going to go down. Um, I would assume if they're going to do that, they're going to start constructing that soon because you got to build over uh, the building that's right there, which the name I'm forgetting the name of it. Where um, Institute Ward Communications Law, Ward Law Yes, mm-hmm. yes, where Institute Communications used to be. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's interesting. I assume there's going to yeah, there has to be plenty of on field, plenty of signage, digital signage, maybe a permanent one. Who knows. Um.
1: Joey I got a I got a question for you yeah uh, do you know the other Georgia Tech venue uh, that has had a corporate naming sponsor off the top of your head
2: a corporate named sponsor so I it was pointed out earlier today I, and I hadn't really thought about this but we used to have the Alexander Memorial Coliseum that is now the McCamish Pavilion but that's just named after the McCamish family
0: yes yes
2: is this a, are we talking about a sports venue here you are uh the ford building or is that what we're talking about
1: you're real close um it it's uh it's alexander memorial coliseum but uh they received a gift to help fund the olympic renovation uh from a specific donor and was known as the alexander memorial coliseum at the mcdonald's center from 1996
2: through 2005. Interesting. Oh, I didn't realize we were talking about history. I thought that was current. I was like, okay. Cool. Oh no oh, no, no, no no yeah, oh, yeah no, <laughs> I was like, what am I forgetting? Interesting.
0: Here? I do yeah. wonder on the general, on the like the general just naming everything. If this breaks a dam that maybe just the athletics department just didn't consider all that hard or didn't pursue as much because there's like multiple courts at the tennis outdoor tennis area that don't have name don't have benefactor names like the, there's the Matt Kuchar court and stuff like that. Um I mean there's I, mean, I could assume the track could maybe get something if they want to do baseball they could. That's one of the best most well, it's just one of the best pure baseball fields in college baseball um and it's there's always great games there every year because of who we get to come. Mm-hmm. So
2: You um, know, you you ask how we feel about the the name change though. Like the first thing that I think about is that this is a school that you know, I've only ever gone to one college truthfully. So like I can't really speak for all the rest of them, but like this one seems like it you know, we really appreciate our traditions and our, our longstanding, yeah. uh you know, the things that we've done for a long, long time, right? Like this, this is a stadium that's had the same name and the field's been named the same thing for how many decades now, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You show up to orientation and we're talking about Stumpy's bear and we're talking about, you know, John Heisman coaching back in the, what was it? The 1910s, right? Like yeah. we celebrate these things that have lasted for a long, long time. So like, if you're upset about it, like I kind of get it that this is, this is straying from tradition. You know, it's like, we're getting away from something we've called this for decades in the sake of money, but that's just it. It's like, we need right. the money. We do. Like yeah. we are falling further and further down a hole of, of being unable to compete. And it's like, I think the first thing that Jay bat should be uh, charged with as AD is like, let's go find some more revenue streams. Let's find ways to add to the bottom line so we can stay competitive with everyone we're supposed to be competing
1: with. It's uh, it, with no money and no change, nothing's going to change about the program. And pretty soon, you know, we we talk about, to your point, old things, Olympic history, right? We see that as, you know, it's not that, at least when I was a freshman, it wasn't that far away. It's like a quarter century ago. But like mm-hmm. when I drew WashU in St. Louis, like they were still talking about their Olympics and those were in 1904. And <laughs> we're going to get to the point where we're starting to sound like a lot more like Wash U than, yep, than you know, right. George. Oh, right we just built this pool for the Olympics, you know, that, you know,
0: right. It, yeah. It, it'll,
1: the tradition will become history period and not something that's living if we don't do something about it. And that's where I'm trying to be pragmatic because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm history guide and I have a player piano role of the fight song on my bookshelf in the other room. Like <laughs> I get it. Right?
0: right. I do like how it, it seems like the general response that I've seen from people is like, they, they kind of get it too. Like it, there isn't a heavy emotional aspect to this. It's just like, well, that sucks that it's this thing of all things, but it is one of the most valuable things you have. And given our current situation, some valuable things got to go. I mean, it's the same thing when, I mean, if you, anyone that comes into money troubles in any form or fashion, whether it's business, personal, whatever, some valuable things got to get sacrificed at points to stay afloat and be, and in our case, be competitive, which is a different aspect. Survival's, is a goal, but also being competitive is the real goal here. Um, and so that's going to do it. So hopefully, I don't know, we don't know what immediately this trans the trans- buddy trans- trans- turns into. I assume maybe some of it goes to edge. I hope some of it goes to, like, raising coaches' salaries. Um, I know the next sport needs to happen. Maybe that's a part of the way that they find some funding there. Who the heck knows? Um, all, that's, all that's to be seen. Uh, nothing's been announced formally by Georgia Tech. There's just been the report uh, by the AJC. But they, nothing's been refuted on that front either. So... Um, at least
1: it's a normal reputable company right it's not yes, a crypto yes, scam yes. and <laughs> F- it sounds like it sounds like field trying presented to by FTX. Like engineering yeah you know
0: and, and oh, <laughs> yeah no it and it's cool and, I mean, uh, and, uh, Arthur well, Anderson. Uh, i forgot to mention as well like hyundai's building a plant right outside of chattanooga uh, not chattanooga charleston on the georgia side though so g- gaining favor with People in Georgia to maybe go work at their plant. Be engineers. Being engineers at their plant is a is like a very good strategy for Hyundai as a whole. So investing in a spot that's vulnerable for tech right now is a good little strategy by them. So
2: sometimes I get the impression tech has a bigger alumni base in Savannah than in Atlanta too. So that doesn't hurt.
0: No, no, it doesn't. So yep. and they, they we have a tiny campus thing down there don't we like right there I think we have a little I think we have a building is out there at Did least.
1: or do they still Is it still officially open? Even... I have no idea. Hmm. I don't know I anyone that's anything from them in a long time. I don't know anyone,
0: don't know anyone know that goes know. there so maybe not. Um yeah. so we'll see. Uh before we get into uh wait why is Jake away from his computer? Where is? He? Get back to the microphone, Jake. I
1: dropped my lacrosse ball, sorry. I'm not fidgeter guys oh, okay it, It's just <laughs> it's just my thing.
0: Um you, Janet, you know you can't
2: you can't podcast without your lacrosse
0: <laughs> i guess i guess i've got my little uh whale that i put on my finger which no one can see because you know this is an <laughs> audio measure um i stole this from the technique office anyways uh jake you had a thing before we get into recruiting
1: uh yes i did um i did want to bring joey kind of on not just to talk about football recruits because all three of us just you know we follow all of our stars as anyone who knows this podcast knows i say very sarcastically um but but I I originally reached out um because you were saying some stuff that really resonated with me about just how you and Mike and uh and producer Scott were were feeling about the season uh you know how you're feeling about football how it relates to Georgia Tech Uh, obviously they're Virginia Tech guys but um yeah no I mean two three four weeks ago I was feeling the burnout too so I pinged you and uh, you know, you don't you don't have to say everything's you know sunshine and daisies now, but but how are we feeling going going into what you've seen out of Key in the last couple of weeks? But you know whether it's football stadium, how how are you feeling about football? How are you feeling about Tech, Joey? I mean, in general, I,
2: I I've been okay with the way that this offseason has gone. Specific to Georgia Tech, um, you know, I like the things that I've seen and heard from Brent Key. Especially the late recruiting surge has been kind of encouraging here. Notable. Um, yeah. You know, that that's been a big deal. It's I I am cautiously optimistic about the team going into this fall and we'll get into that. I think that, you know, there is definitely, though, a layer of burnout as maybe just like a college football fan at large, like not that the offseason is ever like really when college football shines. But like in the past, it just seems like it was a lot more tolerable, a lot different than now when every year it is just constant conversations about who's moving conferences and what what's the tv contract going to turn into and what rivalries can we kill next like that, that stuff is exhausting and it, and it just bugs me to no end and it, that's the kind of thing that just i don't want to talk about that man i want to talk about the fun goofy stuff that happens on the field when you put 18 to 22 year old guys out there with a, a oddly shaped ball and <laughs> you just never know right and, and it's yeah. i think it's the things like that you know the Georgia Tech went three and nine in 2015, but their one of their three wins is knocking off an undefeated, like lengthy conference winning streak Florida State yeah. team on a blocked field goal mm-hmm. run back for a time. Like that's the that's the good stuff, man. Like that's, that's what why we, I'm here, man. Like, yeah. literally. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's
2: that's why I watch college football and not the NFLs because that stuff doesn't happen in the NFL. It's not it's not as much <laughs> it's not as goofy and not as much fun in that way, you know. Um, so I think in general, again, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like. So many of the things that I've I've heard and seen from from Brent Key, um, and we'll get into that, but um, so I think that was probably more so where my burnout is, is with college football at large. We'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That's kind of how I was feeling too. You know, it's it's a little bit a little bit different, a little bit sad, and Mm -hmm. you know, you can only read about the Pac-12 media deal or know that all those great rivalries are ending soon, or you know, Big 12.
2: Well, and it's, Uh, it's so many times, right? Right. It, it's, it's been really comforting too, though, seeing seeing like some of the involvement of Angel Cabrera. Uh, you know, he has been, the, the fact that you have a school president who is very supportive of an AD who looks like he's got some great ideas, he's he's putting some great things in in motion. Like there is, there is a reason for optimism, I think, about this program and about tech athletics in general that I haven't really felt for a couple of years now. So that's, that's been pretty uplifting too, I think, over the last I don't know, eight months, basically.
0: Yeah. No, I mean he's tweeting about tennis
1: today too. I love it. Yeah, no, he's out
0: there sporting Eubanks and his his uh hometown guy in Alcaraz. I mean both Spanish dudes, so I mean he's he's out there, he's paying attention. And he knows I when I interviewed him, uh, what was it, two years ago now at this point, like he mentioned that sports is that's our biggest marketer. Like, mm-hmm. there at, at no point, like the fact that there was or the guy in Eubanks's box. I don't know his name, but was wearing full Georgia Tech gear. That's the biggest ad, George, free ad Tech has gotten since the last time we played a national television game in anything. They were. Millions I was going to ask watching. who was that. I, I noticed that. Today. I don't <laughs> remember like, his. I don't remember his Kevin name. Kevin King. Okay, Kevin, Kevin okay, King. Kevin gotcha. King. Tennis coach. You yeah, tennis
1: guy. Okay, well, there you cool.
0: go. Uh, yeah, like that's that stuff's huge, and they know to take advantage of that. Like they're smart about that now. Um, and finding ways to be to do that at big are big um also at the same time like basketball also like sneakily did okay recruiting wise too um which we mentioned in the past before but to speak to alignment both things moving arguably in the same direction here um and even on instagram today i heard joey vato say his favorite basketball player growing up was damon Stoudemire until vince <laughs> carter um but like they, they're making they're just what they're just figuring out how to get involved and be relevant um which I think the effort was there in the past with some people that we uh, are no longer big fans of, um, but it feels real. Like it doesn't feel like there's an artificial layer of hype going on here. It's like no, we're just doing the work and we're going to do it well. Um, I, I've been
1: I've been subtweeting uh, our our friends uh, who talk about alignment a lot uh, and Georgia Tech not having it uh, because I <laughs> think that Angel, Angel's onhell's really been keyed in on that since he got here uh, and, and I think the past year has really. Reinforce that, and, and that's been heartening, at least. It's, it's a
2: huge deal. To, to bring it back to football a little bit, I did want to mention the one thing that I found. I think it's interesting. I don't know if it's like the best thing. I don't know if it's the worst thing about the, the recruiting class that they're, they're working on is like there is a pretty heavy influence on out of state guys.
0: There is, yeah.
2: There is. There's a nice little uh, uh, contingent coming from Louisiana. There's there's guys from. Uh, I think there's one from Texas. Maybe there's definitely a couple from South yep, Carolina. Primals. Like. Yep just kind of like an interesting data point for me um and it's it, it kind of goes along with something I think we've probably talked about in the past is like Georgia Tech almost seems like it's more respected or more uh it's got more positive outlook at times in guys uh out of state rather than in state which it's a public school you know all that I get that but like at the, at the same time like wherever you can get your guys go get them yeah. like if you know hopefully you've got the support of the in-state coaches and it does I I've, I feel like I've read a, a number of things that uh, Brent Key does have some good support from the high school coaches in Georgia, which is obviously very necessary. But yep. um, you know, if the best guys you can get come from out of state, go get them.
0: I mean, that's what the big teams do. I mean, Bama does not recruit just from Bama. Ohio State does not recruit just from Ohio State. They get the guys from here. They get the guy. I mean, Florida is a hotbed as well. They get the guys from California, so wherever they can get them, they get them. Um, they maybe also may speak just the fact it's the Tech name, regardless if it's a sport or if you're taking it from a sport perspective, his, history perspective, or or academic perspective, it's a name. You don't just, like, ignore that off the cuff if you know what is being said under the name when you say Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. Um, So, let's go, let's, I'm going to read off some of these names. Um, This is I mean, this is the reinforcements for this, so these are 2024 recruits, um, just speaking to a a potential future Brent Key is building. Um, I think, if you probably, we can probably all agree that there's only so much this this year's roster could really do. Granted, the the transfer portal has been lively all across the place, um, but but we'll get we'll get more into that later um but we've got a good list of four stars here uh, Troy Stevenson who's gonna play corner from from Charleston Isaiah canyon who I knew was a big recruit from Warner Robbins he was a four star I think Troy was like the third ranked guy of South Carolina um, a lot of defensive linemen uh, I think three of them have committed Landon Marshall Jordan Boyd and CJ Jackson CJ is from Tucker Georgia's um, three star defensive lineman and Tucker has put out of all the Metro Atlanta Georgia high schools they put out a lot of good teams so it's really nice to see someone from right down the like literally like you, you just drive down pots and you, you end up at Tucker High School eventually. Uh so it's that's a huge get. Um and then speaking of people from outside the area, Kobe Young, a four-star wide receiver from uh, Holy Cross High School in, in Louisiana. Kristen Pritchett just signed, he's a safety from I think New Orleans or somewhere else in Louisiana, another three-star. Uh, we got Luke Harpring, Matt's kid from Marist, another Atlanta guy to play tight end and what might be a a pretty good tight end group uh that we know there's gonna be some focus there um there's Texas guy mentioned Graham Knowles as a quarterback option in the future probably not next year depending on how I mean, who knows how things shake up we don't even know who our quarterback is now um which that's a later question for today um Trajan Greco was a huge get from Houston Georgia three-star uh he's listed as an athlete slash corner so I maybe the Tobias Oliver plays everything whatever he wants kind of thing so um that's those, those are the guys that are big out there um there might be more names that I missed, but um, uh, it it feels odd to be like, oh crap, we really have like a recruiting class that needs to be talked. It's like top thirty right now, I think. Um, and then I mean, God, there's still more down the line. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess what are how do, how do we feel about this too?
2: I worry. Uh, I always get a little skeptical when you see like right now in in mid July we've got a class that's you know like on the fringe of the top 25 and it's like we can feel good about that but like part of that is just a numbers game with the way that they calculate those things out it's like you know let's see what it's ranked in january or whatever but like i mean a a heavy volume of these guys are like the high-end three-star into four-star guys that speaks to better depth than i think we saw in a majority of jeff collins classes as well Mm -hmm. as even going back to a lot of the later paul johnson classes so you know, it's all hype right now before we've got a full game or a full season uh, under the, the belt of this coaching staff. But right. looks good, feels good to me right now.
0: Yeah, it feels like just the base – this this taught me more than anything that the base reputation attack wasn't as damaged as it maybe had been um, and that it was fixable with a coaching staff that were going to take care of the program and could commit to something that was a lot more fruitful than what had happened in the past, mm-hmm. um, which I think for me and Jake will speak to much better – game going experiences uh soon and i, I mean it, i think i spoke it, it seems like ticket numbers have gone up too so like i don't i mean so there's there's momentum I here
1: have, i i have gotten that vibe uh given that i've had to chat with them a couple times about my men's basketball and my volleyball renewals i've always been like so oh vibes." um nothing on record of course but it, they they seem to be in a good mood so that's always yeah. good to hear
0: it's good um one more name: Aaron Philo, Bogart, Georgia. Another quarterback in that three to four star range. So, um, I yeah. was going
2: to mention that. That's also a name that I, I haven't read a whole lot about. A whole lot of any of these names, but that is a name that I have read a little bit about, okay. and I, I think there is reason to be excited there. I, that seems like a guy with a lot of potential.
0: That would be good to know. That be that's going to be helpful going forward. What Pyron's? What he's day? Anyway, he's going to be a sophomore, junior this year?
2: I think he's a redshirt yeah. freshman.
0: freshman. Redshirt oh. freshman. Redshirt oh freshman. Coming God. off
1: the broken collarbone.
0: I'm just yeah. gonna. I'm, I'm gonna set the line at over under one of these various quarterbacks I've named it will not be at Georgia Tech in the next couple of years, just based on how things roll out and opportunities elsewhere. But hey, maybe it'll work out. Who knows? A good quarterback room is a good quarterback room, nonetheless.
2: Um, I mean, stats say that like three of them are gonna end up in the transfer portal. So you I, know. yeah, yeah. Just, just, sorry, just sorry. No, not being I mean, a downer. Not no, being I mean, a downer. That's
0: true. I mean, that's why I mentioned it. It's like I mean, if you're gonna have this many talented guys, there's only one quarterback spot in the field that ever gets used. No one's innovated the two quarterback. A system, offensive system yet that puts them both on the field at the same time despite our best efforts to play two in the same game last year um so i want to go three on one drive three. thanks jeff collins oh my goodness gracious <laughs> um all right let's go to this main meaty part here which is i think the best we can address the team right now just because we haven't played any games that uh, we had the spring game but that's kind of it practices are starting soon so i get through some bigger questions um first do we have do y'all have do we have a sense of what the floor of this team is? When I've talked with people, it's felt like 3 just feels like feels like the I mean, I don't think we could rule out 3 wins again just because there's so many unknowns here, but it feels like 3 feels like a huge disappointment less than a that's what's expected.
2: I would say 3 would be the floor in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um obviously, I mean, it's a, it's a tough schedule. I obviously, I mean, they've been like a 3-win team for the majority of the last four years yeah to me i feel like they have underperformed the talent level pretty significantly mm-hmm. over that right. that stretch and so
0: yeah and that, i mean and if that you, will lose you the toss-up games too like that's where you go from slip from five to three really really quickly
2: right i was gonna say you know then you, if you have you know one of the quarterbacks get injured and then the other one just kind of doesn't really work out and uh, you know, you have some some defensive issues, uh, especially kind of maybe in that yeah, linebacker core. Right. Like, if things just really don't break well, I could see maybe another three-win season. Another three, yeah. Which but is, I, the, I would struggle to see it any worse than that. Yeah, that's
0: that's better. That, that, well, it's not great to feel that. It's just like, well, something out of our control gets us to three is, what it is I think, the feeling here. I mean, if you look at the schedule, be Louisville, who knows, South Carolina State. And fingers crossed, we don't get Citadel again. But I think we'll be all right um, at home. At, at Bobby, why Nelson. would you
1: even say that, gotcha? buddy?
0: <laughs> I watched Super Bowl Fifty One. At this point, jinxing and everything, it just doesn't matter to me anymore. I just it. I feel I feel nothing when I say things what like a- that.
1: We talked about this during the golf championship, sir. it still
0: doesn't matter to me Uh, there
2: are people listening to this driving that are like trying to stay in their lane
0: trying to keep their eyes open i'm sorry let me give you some more hope here um i I, i'm gonna have to listen
1: back to this at work in like two days (laughs) and i'm just gonna be all flustered again oh boy
0: do you want me to tell you a loss uh we we play georgia does that make you feel better no that doesn't make (laughs) me feel better either
2: I mean, had uh, him beat through twenty five minutes last year. We really did. We Talk re- about that.
0: That was that was that was kind of insane that that happened. Yeah, we beat Clemson and Georgia at longer than we should have uh, this past year. Which, uh, looking at just, I am looking at the score our schedule up now. Two of our last three are Clemson and Georgia this year, um, which puts us in the unique situation to possibly upend some some ranking stuff if we're doing okay. If by that point uh, we come into Clemson after playing Bowling Green, Miami, and off week Boston College. North Carolina, and Virginia, I would give us a fighting chance in all of those games. And that's five, right. six games right there. It's
1: it's why you play the games. Because going into the Virginia game, the Thursday night game, I think most people would say that we had a fighting chance or better to win that game. right? And we all know what happened there. Yep. Even the Miami game, which turned out to be eh, not particularly close. I think no, that's being charitable. Either. But then at the same time, you have a Virginia Tech game in which Tech was... Trailing pretty significantly late in that game, uh, a UNC game where, well, Josh Downs, thank you. Mm-hmm. Now we have Brent Key. Um, <laughs> yep. And again, you know, maybe that comes out the wash, right? Maybe we play a little bit better in the other two and, and lose lose the BP, ISU, and the UNC games. Like it's it, it's just why they play the games, and 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 whether it's you know the number one team in the country, which you know, knowing how Clemson and UGA are, yeah, maybe Clemson's not number one material this year, but we could very well face a, a top two team twice in three weeks. But then okay. again, yeah, you know that's that that's the schedule. That's what we've signed up for. You know, it's it's a part of having a competitive schedule. It's maybe not something that people have given us a lot of credit for in the past. Playing the ACC coastal, but I mean, the coast the coastal's gone. Uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll see. Um, Louisville, winnable, Lake Forest is always pretty high quality under Dave Jordan I mean, Joey, you're the you're the basketball conference guy. Like that mm-hmm. you know this as much as anyone. I'm preaching to the choir here. But again, it's it's why they play the games. I think we have a fighting chance in a lot of them. I, I think uh Well, you mentioned
2: Clemson, Clemson and Georgia in three weeks. Well, the team they play in between is Syracuse. Yeah. Who knows if Dino Babers is still the head coach by late November? Right, right. We've said that for three years now, so I mean, who knows? But like, <laughs> you know, well, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's still you can find another Sean Tucker, you know. It's, it's still it, it's still a ACC schedule. There's a lot of who who knows because we're not Clemson and we're not Florida State on a good year or Miami on a but, great year. So,
1: but my point there being is that a lot of uh, pundits, national media, don't really give the ACC a lot of shake. But you you wind up with teams like Tech playing. Clemson, playing UGA, playing competitive quality, you know, wake, or I get that VT's not on the schedule this year, but, you know, a, a Virginia Tech, a Miami, like mm-hmm. Florida State. I mean, they're figuring to be pretty good this year. Like this is the components of a, a, a conference that will be tested. Um, and, and I think that before we move on, at least um, too far, I do want to state that I think my floor is four wins at... The very least just out of simple five variance. i mean right uh, and, and and i elect also not to be a downer like i've been i feel like i've been the downer on this team for so long uh you know maybe i'm crazy but the, you flip enough coins enough times and, and given you know some of the games that are on our schedule you bake a couple in there i think they win another one or two on top of that and you're cooking from there you're fighting right. for for a bowl and i think that's a reasonable maybe not expectation i feel like that's a little much for a first year staff but certainly a possibility
0: yeah we're still we're still in a hope stage for sure
2: well and and i was going to mention too i mean if we're talking about the floor the one thing that i i cannot get over that has stuck with me as much as anything from last season was was watching that team i believe ucf was the last game under collins and then it was like Monday that he, he was announced to be fired. And on mm-hmm. Saturday, they traveled to Pittsburgh. And so they've only had maybe four. Good team. Yeah, a solid reigning division champions, aggressively competent, Ranked. physical, everything. Yeah. You travel, go on the road, play them. You've had maybe four practices, maybe with Brent Key running the show. And just mm-hmm. how drastically different that team looked, mm-hmm. how how confident and competent. They looked after almost no time at all. Um, I, I just, to me, when I think about the floor, I feel like you know, they, they may have lost games down the stretch last year. They may have won in a slightly fluky fashion, but at least they were in that game. They, like, were, in they games were in
0: and quarter we had fluky quarterback injury stuff. Like that's, I mean, that, realize, that always ruins the equation.
2: Duke went nine and three and one of their losses was to Georgia Tech. Like yeah. that. Like yeah. I, I just, I, I cannot think that the floor is particularly low if brent key and whatever whatever his methods in practice you know whatever his coaching staff is doing if they are able to drive that level of competence uh, yeah the floor the absolute floor is maybe three wins but i see what jake's saying about four yeah maybe being a more reasonable absolute floor if all, all things and, break wrong
1: and and that's the thing too he did that not picking his guys he did that not picking his coaches he did right, that right. with really no influence on how they came up through the playbook and and, i mean i guess he was you know he's still a coach it's not like he was just like some guy that was like a practice expert. i don't think he was a coach but you know it it wasn't his team and
2: Had at least one, if not two, quarterback injuries there, like guys getting yeah. knocked
0: out. Mm-hmm. Didn't
1: they yeah. start like Pumachan against UGA? Like, oh yeah, was he, was I, I
0: that. think he played it's, in the game at least. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, the, there was, a, was way more. Puma-chan, there was way more Puma- Either way, there was more Pumchaan than we really wanted to have happen last year. That was they, they, no one. I mean, that was just the fault of bad luck on injury there, like it. That's just how that played out. But yeah, I mean between let's I guess let's shift to the ceiling then, which is my next natural follow-up question is work. I mean between I'm looking at look at the schedule. If you tell me between every game that isn't Ole Miss, Clemson, and Georgia, which is that's just three games that we're gonna have a fighting chance at nine of these, I totally believe you. I absolutely believe you here. Um, on the and we get we get North Carolina at home, um, and there be their I don't know whether if they'll be preseason ranked or not, but like that seems great. Boston College at home. That feels great. Bowling Green feels great. Wake Forest that seems like a really fun fight in Winston Salem. Um, oh, I hope they I hope wakes
2: port. in a, wakes in for a little bit of a reset here this year too. By the way, like they're they're gotcha. about as vulnerable
1: as they've been in a number of years. Okay, gotcha. So that, well, I mean, and we started to see cracks of that last year, I think too. Not mm-hmm. to get too far away from Georgia Tech yeah. in particular.
0: Mm-hmm. But, we never played. Yeah. We never played more than two games in a in a row on the road. So it's not like we're like gone forever or just home forever. We got a pretty healthy back and forth there. Um. And we have many games, Bobby Dodd. We got South Carolina State, and Bobby Dodd, Bowling Green, Boston College, North Carolina, uh, six, uh, Syracuse, and yep, and then Georgia. So mm. um, seven Atlanta games, seven of the thirteen. Uh, so theoretically, a home field advantage and over half. Well, okay, I say home field advantage. I know what happened last time Georgia came here and how very mobile that fan base is at buying poppy dot stadium so hopefully
1: jack i got booed during my ride out in the wreck i'm so sorry just i know i was there i i it. was there I heard, it.
0: I heard it so hey i mean hey talk about ticket let me just let's just make a service announcement now just buy your georgia tickets now just do it don't like if we buy them now it'll be less red just that's just how that's gonna work out so and don't honestly, sell them on Ticketmaster. yeah don't it's sell them the, don't tell them either
1: just let it go empty like, yeah, mm-hmm. Let it
0: go empty or come message, come message us. We will find people to go. I, I excel in that department of, of various sports logistics. So, uh, <laughs> Jack, Jack will personally commit to buying will, it so it
1: in fact goes geez, empty. You I, will get <laughs> you, I will get
0: you a buyer that went to Georgia Tech. Don't you worry.
2: On, on that note, true story. Uh, there was one year that I bought like a three-game pack of tickets. Uh, and One of the games I bought for was for the Georgia game. And then my parents also, like for my birthday, got me tickets to the Georgia game. And mm-hmm. so I had an extra pair and I, I was going to sell them. And I found there was this this girl that I went to school with who was was going to buy them from me. And then I, I did a little snooping and realized it was she wanted to take her sister, who was like a Georgia grad. Oh. And I was like, I found someone else to buy them, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And she was pissed and it was like, worth it. Yeah. Uh-huh. One well, less Georgia fan in the stands.
0: That always, exactly. That's always always the way to go there. Um, but yeah, so ceiling-wise, ceiling 9? 10? Ceiling eight. 8. 8 does feel more reasonable, yeah. So my, I,
1: general, my general practice is to take the number of games I think we have a reasonable chance in, which this year I feel is 8, and add one to it. Uh, actually, no, 9, um, and add one to it. So I'll say 10, which feels really, really unrealistic.
0: It's the far end of but, the variability spectrum
1: yeah, there. It, I don't think we have much of a chance to UGA, Clemson, Ole Miss, but...
2: I was say, I, I look at it, and again, from a ceiling standpoint, I'm thinking about this in terms of, like, how many games will Georgia Tech be, like, a, a big underdog in, right? Like, they're yeah. they're mm-hmm. already underdogs against Louisville. They will be underdogs at Ole Miss, at Clemson, and home against Georgia.
1: Yeah.
0: But the other
2: eight games, though, I mean, I can make an argument that they might be favored in, like, six six of them yeah the
0: only ones <laughs> that you may not we may not be are what at miami and home against called. north carolina or yeah with at wake so at yeah it, early, you know,
2: especially early in the season they might might be underdogs on the road at wake but they yeah, can absolutely that win that game
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah.
2: might well be underdogs at miami on the road um especially if miami's improved this year and then I, we'll see what north carolina is by the end of, of october yeah, but like
0: far enough down the line who knows Right. You know,
2: you'll be favored against South Carolina State, Bowling Green, Boston College, at Virginia, and Syracuse, I think, unless somebody turns into something that I really don't expect them to be. Right. Like, that's five games right there that you probably should win. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I struggle to think that they're going to get past everyone that I think that they should. I think everything breaks totally right. This is probably like an eight-win team. Um, but, yeah, I, I struggle to see any more than that, but uh, – I'm kind of with you guys. I mean, I think there's nine fully winnable games on this schedule. Right.
0: Yeah. Which? When was the last time we said that? 2018? Yeah. I remember
1: when I first got to this site, I would say that my ceiling every year in the, like, what will Georgia Tech's high-end prediction be, was 12-0. And And after about two or three years, I realized (laughs) that was really naive of me.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you weren't wrong. That is always the ceiling
1: and 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 not that i'm gonna say that i was i'm like oh i'm ready to do that again just for the like, clicks and the comments and stuff but i mean this is probably the highest i've felt on a team since i don't know uh the year before paul you know retired yeah, yeah
0: no, i think was, that's fair it
1: was six sixteen
2: 16 that they went nine and four and went yeah. to the they went and won the gator bowl against kentucky yeah
0: I was then, a very
1: then, spoiled that,
0: freshman that year, Joe. Then that quick lane baller.
2: Oh, I was a freshman in 2009. Don't tell me about being a spoiled oh. freshman. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, never mind. Uh, you're, you might be the only person I could talk to who was more spoiled than me. So. hmm
0: hmm Oh, uh, man. To go, next question. Based on the, how the recruiting's gone, and I guess just the general better vibes around the thing, are we – we, I kind of – went to this earlier but like does it feel like we're understanding what the actual market demand is for georgia tech as a football product compared to how on in demand we were in the last couple years like this like i i feel like in my personally i'm seeing okay maybe we aren't as just tossed to the side as i thought we were just because that's just what i experienced as a hefty tech fan and we're getting to see what the what the actual reality probably is supposed to be for us
2: I think it can get a little bit better. I mean, keep in mind this is a team that hadn't gone to a bowl game in four years, right? And you know, you're seeing this, so there is still like an element that they're selling hype. I think if you start selling a little bit of substance, even, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Brent Key was was the head coach for eight games last year, and they won yeah. five of them, right? Yeah, or, that was that was the first many?
0: that was the first bit or, of uh, substance. Yeah, we won or, four, but like that's the first bit of substance we had felt. So like there was no hype then and at that point it was no hype and just unforeseen substance basically and now that's yeah. turned into some hype
2: so I, yeah so i think it can get better um I, I don't know how much better i've always had my reservations about like what is the actual peak uh, of georgia tech's recruiting capabilities with all sorts of various built-in mm-hmm. factors that you're that no coach no ad even might even be able to change um but i i I think there is something to be said. I mean, I've, I've read a couple of these like commitment interviews and some of the comments that guys are making about, no, these coaches just being real with me. They're, they're being very honest about, well, you know, not everybody makes it in the NFL. And it kind of probably, probably helps that you have a guy who, you know, is an alumnus of the program. I don't think he ever made it to the NFL, but now is a very successful yeah. coach. Right. And you've got yeah. a guy like Marco Coleman who did make the NFL, uh, you know? So I, I think some of that maybe is at play, but I think there's something to it, yeah, when you're you're talking to people like men and not like you're trying to be like social media influencers just yeah. like them or whatever.
1: Like, yeah.
0: I mean it's a it's a program that is very grounded in reality. Um, I think based on what Key said when he came out and had his introductory press conference, like it didn't sound like his head was in the clouds. Like he knew exactly how much dirt how dirty they were gonna have to get to and how much sweat was gonna get into this to make it good. Um I, which which I vibes
1: that's what I I think that's what I missed from Paul most was just the grounded reality. It felt like he was shooting us straight, even though we were just listening to a radio interview or, you know, a press yeah, conference. Yeah. Or
0: mm-hmm. Which fits with just what tech is too, like just in general, like our, our, just our, the vibes around campus are not, oh my God, we're in college and it's like, we're just in some wonderful paradise. Like, no, it's hard. you you have, you have your people, you have your struggles. It's going to be like that. You got your future
2: always in mind,
0: and you got you now. Everyone knows they're gonna get some something good should come out of getting that Georgia Tech degree. I mean, it's obviously nothing, nothing's a guarantee, guarantee, but it's the future is way better for you than it could otherwise be, um, and you're set up. And so, being at Tech, even if you don't make it in football, yeah, you can still be set up really well, which Jack, is going to be the case for most of these guys.
1: Jack, have I ever told my my like one Brad Key story on here? or No, I have no idea. All right. Well, I'll do it. I'll keep it short. Um, so the football team, the spring, uh, after Jeff Collins was hired and put together a staff, um, put out to like student leaders who were like in the database of presidents and treasurers and secretaries and stuff, uh, to do a tour of the facilities hosted by Jeff Collins. Um,
0: Oh, you have to do this off air. Yes.
1: I was going to say, and and we all showed up and we were standing outside. It was cold. I was wearing a, a scarf and a and a hat. And I don't usually admit Atlanta weather was cold, but we we're all standing outside of the building, locked out uh, because there was a no-show uh, by the guy who's supposed to lead the tour. And Brent Key saw that we were standing out there uh, or the secretary or somebody with the team saw we were standing out there. Brent Key had the time and just took an hour out of his day. Granted, it was February, so it wasn't like it was like game week and there were getting stuff ready hour out of his day to give us a tour and then sat us all down in the the film rooms you know auditorium thing that they've got was just like ask questions what do you got Uh, and then took a picture of all of us at the end and said have a great day um and I've had a great impression of him since and when you say that recruits are saying that he is shooting them straight I have every confidence that that is what he was doing uh because he seems very down to earth very practical and you know just very candid you know, like, you know, that seems like the way he runs his program from the outside now, because it seems like that's how he ran his life, even when he was just the O-line coach and just a guy who cared a lot. So mm-hmm. if, if now's the time to say that story, if there's ever a time to tell that story, it's it's now, because it seems like it's a good bridge from what we're seeing coaching staff and, you know, what they're saying to recruits versus you know how is he going to get this program put together as we look towards the start of the season you know week one and and stuff like that because that's the attitude i like to see at least
2: what i've heard and and kind of read some of too is that he seems like a guy who just legitimately loves georgia tech and like this yeah. is the only place that he wants to be like he would be more than happy to be here as long as we'll have him. You know, if things are going well, basically. Um, and you, you never, you never say never because somebody, if, if things go well enough, somebody's going to put a check in front of him that's bigger than anything Georgia Tech could get close to. Yeah. And you know, who knows what happens then? That would be a great case scenario, honestly. If if, if we get there, it speaks
0: but, great of us. Yeah, it makes us attractive too for whoever comes next.
2: So. Yep, but but yeah, just a guy who is just thrilled to be here, wants to share that with as many people we'll sit there and listen to them, you know? So that's, I, I think that's a great sign.
1: And uh, anything that we didn't see go right last year that we think that they need to focus on in terms of before the season starts?
0: Oh, you're asking. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um. Oh boy. Uh, special teams. I feel like that <laughs> doesn't need to go said, but special teams. Uh, I mean, Gavin, I, we started the Gavin Stewart fan club. I mean, it, it's, I think he, he was definitely a better option to come down the line there. But, um, no, I mean, there was games with Mr. Collins where you just did not know what was going to happen on the kickoff that or punt return or anything like that. Like, that was just a scary play. That should never be a scary play for football reasons. It should be for that's an injury play. But outside of that, like, so that, I assume that's a I, I I And I if he missed that, then what the heck? I mean, like, I assume they've been all over that. Didn't they, like, not have, like proper special teams training going on in the first place. Like I thought I heard something that was was a very good instigator of why they just weren't good at special teams in the first place. I can't uh, even
2: remember what I've heard and what was fact and what was fiction at this point. Like so, all of, some of the story all of like, it
0: all of it was believable though, probably, which is oh, yeah. a problem too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um I you know I this is <laughs> it's it's kind of a big thing to say but like I I would say like the passing game on offense really and it it's there's there's kind of an unsettled quarterback situation Um, I think there's a lot of unproven like lack of of snaps together within the receiving core and the tight ends Mm -hmm. like there's just a lot there that is is very unsettled if you just look at uh, previous production I would say right I think that's a that's a big thing to to work on getting in sync in, in fall camp here as we work into the preseason, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah like quarterback sport. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask, like, who starts a like, quarterback week one, I mean, we don't really know right now. It seems like Pyron's the leader in the clubhouse right now, but there's still so much left to even – there's practices still to do. Who knows if Haynes is making a, his leap right now of all times or if Gibson's making his leap right now of all times. Like, there's plenty – like, there's it's what's this is July 10. We don't kick off. Before i close the tab crap i mean it's it's a while we don't take off for a while here um so it's 80 yep. something days 80 some sure. days yeah that's enough eight weeks. I, mean, I don't know
1: there's some eight something is what i saw think, i think i was it 50 the... days
0: 50 days to week zero and we play week one so yeah somewhere like that yeah. close to closer to eight uh, weeks there we go yeah about eight weeks yeah. to go, and we have the early game early week game there too so um from
2: what from what I've heard, yeah, I mean Pyron. It sounds like Pyron's currently the leader in the clubhouse. Either way, I, I I can't imagine it would be anybody but him or King, right? It'll be one right, of those two. Right, yeah. The the comforting thing to me is that whichever one starts, the backup clearly has a lot of talent too. So yeah. like, it's not like everything is doom and gloom if if the, the starter goes down. I don't think. Yeah, um, I'll say that. But yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I will say that. Kind of my. Uh, my calling out of the the passing game is maybe even part of an even bigger trend that I would say is like if I had to sum up how am I feeling about this team overall or how would I summarize this team overall at this point going into uh, going into fall camp, I, w- I would say it's like a lot of unproven potential. You've got yeah. a lot of guys, you know, that are they've transferred from elsewhere, guys that came in, you know, that have good recruiting rankings, maybe that were injured in previous years, like but you don't have a lot of snaps at a lot of different places. And again, I think about the passing game on offense especially. Um, I think about a number of spots on defense, especially in the linebacking group. Like there's a lot of – well, it seems like it should go well, but we haven't seen it all mesh just yet. And so I yeah. think that's the way that I'm kind of approaching this is like, again, cautiously optimistic is there's, there's a lot of guys with a lot of talent that we think a lot of, but we haven't seen them play together and produce really yet going into this year.
0: Right, yeah, it's insightful because, I mean, what, what we saw, the, the NCAA men's I mean, it's basketball, but, like, every Final Four team was of the most experienced teams mm-hmm. in the tournament at that point. Like, yeah, you need time to gel. Like, that's just a general thing in sports outside of baseball where it's one person at a time. Uh, Like, yeah, they the parts are there. Do they work together? We don't know. Hopefully they will. They showed some signs that they can last year, so it's not like if we're throwing them off already in the first place. Um, and they've got two games up front that are going to be super exciting, in a Mercedes Benz game, and then the Bobby Dodd home opener against an FCS team. So it's like they're going to have a proving ground there to make things work. I would assume I I would think of any game if we're going to see both King and Pyron, that South Carolina State game would be that game just functionally. You can maybe game plan. I don't I don't know what the, how they game plan or what they're going to do there, but like if it, if I'm going to bet on a game where that happens, it would be that one. Um, so we might we might have I mean maybe they. Use the Louisville game as the test case. They do one half, one half, if they're really not sure. Um, and if they just can tell, there's, some, I mean, who, who knows? This is all hype, hypothetical. That, that right seems now. like
1: a big game to go in with, uh,
0: you know. Yeah, no. I mean, that probably all depends on really what happens in the moment more than anything, and not what happens before. Um, assuming no injuries and stuff like that. Um, so. But
2: but you guys mentioned, I mean, the the like dual thing that they did against Georgia last year, coming out with kind of a wacky game plan. I I mean it worked right I for mean, a while against, like, that's... yeah
0: against them specifically specifically like who else are you gonna like I mean, you may as well throw the kitchen sink out like it's georgia you got no other game to play that year there's nothing left to throw i mean they, you're not playing anybody else and they're the best team out there you may as mm-hmm. well see what throws them off kilter
2: well um, yeah i mean the my, my point being like we've seen brent key teams come out with a, a an unconventional game plan something that we just really didn't expect and it had some success so yeah. I guess never say never with any, any sort of wacky ideas we might talk about right now, what True. they might try. Who knows? Sure.
0: I would expect Georgia Tech, of all innovative schools, to be the ones to uh, <laughs> solve some sort of funky scheme or game plan that just no one sees coming. And, I mean, hey, we have the important games to do that with. If Clemson is the Clemson of that they have been, and they're a top-ten team come that game, and Georgia's Georgia again. Like, Edward, we figured out something. Like, those are – I remember, what, like, two years ago when we had the Notre Dame and Georgia – games back to back of like well we're the only team playing two top 5 teams in back to back weeks sadly it was that version of Georgia Tech that couldn't exactly upend anything but tech is uniquely situated by their schedule to make severe impacts in the college football world um which I'm thinking about now like in that marketing sense of like you have a do you have a scheduling chance here to make a serious name for ourselves and put us on the map again like how we did against Florida State there that got Jake here right now So, um, of all years to make that happen, I'm excited to hopefully make that happen. Um, The last line item here we have is any hot takes to fire off before we go. Mine is we need to bring the Honeycomb helmet back. I want it. It's a great dome. We're the only ones that can pull it off properly. Uh, And we did pull it off well. Mm -hmm. Also, we had that same FSU game in the Honeycomb helmet. So, like, come on. Come on.
2: I was a fan.
1: Yeah.
2: Jake? you you got one? Uh... (laughs) I'll, I'll throw one out there. Um, you know, I, I said on a podcast a few months ago, you know, if you're looking to to bet teams to win the ACC that, you know, Clemson and Florida State are the two obvious picks. The only other one I would maybe be interested in is is in Louisville because of, because of the way that their schedule sets up, they I think they avoid both Clemson and Florida State. And it's like the chance that they could get to Charlotte and, and then win a one game scenario. Yeah. I might take my chances on that. Mm, yeah. Georgia Tech yeah. opening against
0: Louisville. Best case scenario.
2: Right now, I'm seeing. Yes, absolutely, it is. Um, right now, I'm seeing Louisville as an eight point favorite in that game. Mm-hmm. If you can get Georgia Tech getting more than a touchdown in that spot, yeah, I think I like that. I, like that. I think there's there is a non zero chance. I think that Georgia Tech like wins that game on the field. Um, right. That we're that we're hyping up Louisville a bit too much for game one for something that we haven't seen before. Uh, that we are underrating Georgia Tech. Uh, everyone talking about. I, I hear enough national media talking about Georgia Tech being like the twelfth, you know, twelfth best team in the ACC, and I'm like, I don't think y'all are paying attention. I, no. They're going to be better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know. So if you can, uh, if you can get a good number on Georgia Tech in that opening game, I'd go for it. I, I, I like their chances there.
0: Louisville plays two neutral site NFL stadium games this year. They play Indiana and Lucas Oil in Week Three.
1: That's a dub. Wow, they're playing. We're getting all the grant family matchups except the Indiana Georgia tech one. I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, that's <laughs> wild. Um, but it, in terms of, a in terms of a hot take, uh, my hot take is we will go bowling. Period. Mm, I like that. Like it,
0: I feel like I know it's just, that it I feel seems like, like it's, it's a, I mean, like, I, I, it feels warm less than it feels hot. Like, I, I, I would I know to be cautiously optimistic here because the track but record every, and everything, but it's like I,
1: I'm every not piece by that. Of media is that like, to Joey's point, like I don't know what some of these people are are what like we have no clue what Syracuse is going to do, we have no clue what Virginia is going to do, we have no clue that Boston College, or no indication that Boston College is going to be substantially improved. I, I mean, I will uh, say I think
0: we I think we've earned the lack of faith the media. Is giving us right now based on our recent track record. I mean, it's not Jeff it's, Collins did. It's right I mean, right Jeff did, did. Yes. I mean, I also I'll repeat the same thing I did is that Josh Downs just I mean, we said it earlier, like where one basket catch drop away from who knows who's head coach. <laughs> who knows how that all shakes out. That's the but that's the, a
1: but the Pittsburgh win wasn't a fluke.
0: Pittsburgh was. I don't but think that, that was, no, it was a not. good
1: win against a quality mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Like. If we're just going to relitigate the the downs thing, like the, the, you could again. That's why you play the games. And again, I, I it. it's a long off season. But like, yeah. I think my hot take, and it sucks that this is a hot take, but we will go bowling. I'm going to not hedge my my terms. I think kind of bring us all together. It is very possible for us to do more than just the minimum. It's very possible for us to do under the minimum. But I, I think it's it, it feels like. A weird thing to say it's a hot take, and it's weird to say that that's something that has to be said as a hot take for a team that went to what? Was it 24 bowls in 25 years or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. High high variety here is probably the name of the game until we play the games and we see what the variety actually is. Um... So
1: Jack, bet the over on the season win total.
0: I like that yeah, idea. Yeah, what what is do we do we do is that is that out there yet? Do we is that a, a I I'll, I'll assume Joey's looking at that. Um well uh, he's well he's looking at it. I'll mention that uh, our position previews have been being published and coaching previews have been being published on our website from the rumbleseat.com for the last month ish at this point. Um so we have a lot of content there if you want to get quick little recaps on or just previews on all the positions and everything like that. Um and we'll have more complete season preview at least on the podcast in august closer to the louisville game um i i don't remember what's on there 100 days to kick to football part leading up to i think we have we'll have uh i think what's next is we have opponent previews i know that's coming so that'll be something to look forward to
2: win total i'm seeing is four and a half which is about the high end of where i'd be interested in betting it okay if, if, it, if you see five i just leave it alone yeah so um, five, if you see four go for it
0: five okay over five doesn't yeah I feel, more com- I feel like I feel more comfortable than I should be with four and a half. Over four and, and a half at plus
2: 115 for whatever oh, well, it's Oh, okay. Well, mm. 115. Okay.
0: Well, there Plus money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's at least plus money, but 115 is also only so much money. So, Okay. That makes sense here. Jake, <laughs> take us into this <laughs> next a little say, bit.
1: I will. Joey, I got a question for you. Sure. And I, I know that it's never good to ask a question that you don't already know the answer to when you're on the spot in a podcast. But have you ever heard of the company... Section 103. Section 103.
2: Is that the internet's premier? Uh, gosh, I'm, the, I'm out of my game. I, I like lost my read here. Uh, I believe the, they're the company that made the, the shirt that I'm wearing right now, actually.
1: <laughs> we got the, the biggest celebrity in the endorser of Section 103 World on our podcast right now. No. <laughs> Fumbling over his words. Yeah, well, You know, better than footballs on the field, right? Like that's... <laughs> Yes, that's the dream. Um, But yes, I'm so glad that you wore your Section 103 shirts to this podcast. As discussed before you got on, uh, I'm wearing a baseball shirt because it's the Home Run Derby. But when I'm not in baseball shirts, uh, you can darn well be sure that I'm in a much more comfortable one made usually by Section 103. Uh, Joey, the other question I had for you, I don't know if you have any insight onto this, but... If, if you've got any sneak peeks, uh, we're all ears for, uh, you know, potential new releases. But if you hear anything, our listeners would love to know. Um, but in the meantime, all I've been seeing from them lately is the clearance rack, which is a great place to get a great deal on Section 103 shirts. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it is. They've got all sorts of wonderful things on that website. Um, We begged for years, like, can I just get the basic logos on shirts? And for some reason, Adidas and Russell and Nike and, you know, take your pick of anyone else, Cutter and Buck, you know, whatever. None of them could make that happen. But Section 103 made it happen. It's high quality. Everything looks great. Officially licensed. It is everything you have ever wanted from Georgia Tech Apparel.
1: Yes, I I've had that North Avenue Trade School crew neck on my list with the new with the new seal uh don't see that in many places yet on my list for a long time i know that's not the just basic gt at georgia tech on a shirt but i'm a sucker for the kind of vintagey vintagey looking stuff and i say this all the time but i even get comments from opposing fans on it and if that's not a ringing endorsement uh for steven and the gang i don't know what is right
2: as a uh rapidly aging man too um i am well familiar with the juniors grill shirt Mm. It is good looking. If you're an OG, OGs know about Junior's Grill. They got one of those shirts paying tribute on Section 103. Go do that.
1: GTG's know too, right?
2: That's right. That, that's <laughs> awesome. a little bit before
1: my time, actually, it turns out. But. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can find them section103.com at section103 section on Twitter and we are always proud to uh, be talking about them because they make great stuff. Um, that being said, uh, I will pivot us to our Historic question of the week that needs a segment name that I still have yet to think of. Um, Those who are frequent listeners of the podcast will remember my Danny Hall question uh, about what percentage of Georgia Tech baseball games all time he has coached. Well, this week's follow-up, it's a pretty obvious follow-up, if I do say so myself, but gents, I want you to take a guess, just a stab in the dark. What percentage of all time Georgia tech games in match play sports. So that's your tennises, basketballs, oh. volleyballs, baseball, softball, basketball, okay. football, um, no swimming because they still won't send me, uh, dual meet results, um, and no golf because uh, it's a pain <laughs> to do that hand by hand, because that's the only one that broke my PDF converter. So, um, the, the standard match play sports, what percentage, uh, of all-time Georgia Tech head-to-head sporting events has Danny Hall specifically been the manager for?
0: So let's extrapolate the fact that he's at 41% of... Oh, oh, oh.
1: and Joey, for reference, he has coached 41% of all-time Georgia Tech baseball games, in case we didn't tell you that
0: earlier. Okay, good to know. 41% of the sport with the most games. I assume they have the most games at this point. Um, Yeah, because they started early enough. They had to have, yeah. Okay, so they have the most games.
2: They also play probably about the longest schedule of all those sports. So uh, just a high percentage of the games that have been played in general are baseball games. Mm-hmm. I'll go
1: 8%. Okay.
0: eight's good. <laughs> eight's
2: good. Figured I think, 11 I, might be a little too high.
0: I think oh, that was the number I was actually thinking. I think <laughs> 11 was where I was landing because it's like basketball is the other big one, and then football just by longevity. Um,
1: Softball plays 60 games a year. Not to talk you guys out of it. You're uh, right.
0: Well, so I mean, How long has softball been around since? Somewhere in the '70s, uh, '60s. Late '70s, really. Late 70s. '70s. Okay, so I mean, bas- What baseball had a 40-year head start on them? 40, 50-year head start. Uh,
1: That's right. John try Heisman coached baseball. 80. Yes. Yeah. John, yeah, John he did, Heisman yeah. coached baseball, men's basketball, and football, and he was a terrible men's basketball coach. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, Having looked at all the results now, he was not too good. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go from 11. I'm gonna go down to 10.
1: Oh, a solid Jack. temper.
0: Did I? No, no. No,
1: Jack, no, stand 11 11. 11, 11, 11, Stay 11. Oh, wow. It's, it's 1,808, including exhibitions, uh, from what I can tell, including an in Atlanta Braves, a couple exhibitions there, which bring that back. That's cool. Um, that's 1,808 out of 16,045 uh, games in my data set. That is 11.27 percent of all georgia okay. tech uh, essentially you know matchup dual, whatever head-to-head events in history
2: wow would you guys say that's too many too few
0: <laughs> there are some that i think would say it's too many at this point <laughs> i don't think i that people think that i i have thought that occasionally i'm not all the way there yet
1: <laughs> uh i'm gonna look at what 1758 out of 1645 is and that's ten point, uh, It's ten point nine six percent.
0: I think last year might have been a good time to go. Eleven percent. Eleven is too many for a school this old. It's too roughly many. Roughly one too season many. too many. Yeah, one roughly. season too <laughs> many. <laughs> give her, give her,
1: take a few. No, I'm. I mean, he's obviously a living legend. Um, uh, I don't know if he gets a, you know, 18th pitching coach or whatever he's on. <laughs> Figure it out. But no. Um, yes, living legend. Underperformed a little bit this year. Absolutely <laughs> astonishing uh, that a single person can coach 11% is uh, insane. of, of is sporting insane.
0: events. Sporting
1: events at, at, yeah. university, all, events. at the university. institute events. Pure time.
0: events. Pure events. That's incredible. I'm sure there's got to be comps elsewhere, other schools, just with how old other schools are and how they just kept the same guy forever. So there, I, I, wonder, I wonder what they... Pay... what a
1: baseball coach that retired from, like, Siena last year who had been the coach... Since he was like twenty five years old, and he was like oh 77 right, years yeah, something.
0: yeah, there you just find yeah, there's enough teams out there. You just find those kind of guys out there. Oh, Especially yeah. in, everyone has baseball too, so like, there's, yeah, like it, it. There has to be other guys. Like, there's got to be people with yeah. so clo- close to like thirty five, maybe thirty five. I don't know, twenty percent, something like that. So, so you,
2: you find a million schools with a tiny little like tiny little schools with a baseball team, a basketball
1: team, like
0: right, right, yeah, yeah. And they but, just yeah. stay there
1: forever, right?
0: That's what the, that's what they do. Uh, yeah. I think that hits us to the end of this very lively I got to talk about some football. It's been too long for us. I mean, spring obviously there's other sports going on, but it was about time we get some football talk. Joey, thanks for coming on. Uh, anything you want to plug?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me guys. That was a great time. It's always uh, always fun getting to come back and, and join the blog crew, uh remembering my roots and such. Um yeah, we are on a Basketball Conference is the name of the podcast. It is a lovingly named podcast about the ACC's football teams in particular. Uh, come find us there. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google podcasts. Um, we're on a lot of places. So go find us there. Uh, YouTube as well. Uh, we would appreciate that. Come hit the subscribe button. Have fun. We talked, you know, obviously plenty of Georgia tech along with all the other uh, ACC programs. So it's a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And uh, yeah, come, come join
1: us. I give it a ringing endorsement, of course. Um, Thank you. As always, you can find us at from the rumble we publish a lot of stuff, uh, really football, uh, men's, women's basketball. You know, we got some baseball, softball, volleyball, really everything under the sun. We try and get at least some of it. Um, you can find us there. Leave comments. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's it's great, uh, and it really shapes what we do and uh, what we're thinking about as we go to bring you more content. Uh, you can also send us your comments directly uh, to Seat at gmail.com. We're getting towards the end of summer, so you're running out of time to suggest any podcast topics and things of that nature sorry uh the summer is long but it is also short uh you can find us on twitter at FTRS blog. Uh, you can find myself uh and jack on twitter uh at jake grant 98 at jack nicholas uh we're on threads now too so we'll we are no we're not not yet not yet not yet we you are, show on off. Threads. We are on oh threads. us oh me and jake are on Threads. Yes. Yes yes, yes yes yes
0: i haven't gotten the from the rumble seat account set up yet
1: yeah, it'll, it'll be at from the Rumble seat because thank you, Meta. They make all of them the same. You can find us Facebook and Instagram there. And like you said, soon Threads. You can find us on YouTube at from the Rumble seat. As always, you can also find Section 103 at Section 103 and Section103.com. And you can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe a bit. I stole from Ian Happ at the Compound Podcast, but it's a great advice. I've let this go on way too long. Good night. Good luck. Thanks again, Joey, and go Jackets. Go Jackets.